Welcome to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette, with your host Steve Garrett, MC and DJ at one of the largest Corvette weekends in the country, Corvette Fun Fest, president of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri, and radio disc jockey at the number one radio station in Kansas City for over 40 years. Here's Steve Garrett. Thanks for listening and watching Corvette Today, the show that talks about everything Corvette and the only current podcast dedicated to Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. I appreciate you tuning in. Corvette Today is brought to you by Wheelcraft. Want to dress up your Corvette with bright chrome or black chrome wheels? Visit wheelcraft.com and learn about their advanced PVD chrome finishing. They can refinish your wheels or offer a wheel exchange for most models, and it comes with a five-year warranty. Visit wheelcraft.com today or call 833-840-5334. You can listen to Corvette today on all podcast platforms. You can also listen on your smart device. Just say, hey, Google or Alexa, play the podcast called Corvette Today, and you're connected. Be sure and visit the updated Corvette Today website. It's corvettetoday.com. You can also access everything there, including the Corvette Today merchandise store. You can also join the Corvette Today Facebook group there and sign up for Corvette Today emails, notifications, and updates at corvettetoday.ck.page. And if you like YouTube, you can subscribe to the Corvette Today YouTube channel. See all Corvette Today episodes on YouTube. And be sure and patronize our flagship sponsors of Corvette today, Aerolari Wheels, a true forged wheel with over 20 different unique styles to choose from for your C8 and wide-body versions of the C7, C6, and C5 Corvettes. It's an amazing value, starting at only $23.88 for a set of four fully forged wheels. And use the promo code CT111 and get $100 off your purchase. Visit aerolari.com, that's A-E-R-O-L-A-R-R-I.com, and use the promo code CT111 for your $100 discount. Also, midenginecorvetteforum.com, the forum that focuses on the new mid-engine C8 Corvette. Meet a lot of Corvette enthusiasts like yourself at midenginecorvetteforum.com. And a shout-out to CanadianCorvetteForum.com, welcoming Corvette owners from around the world. My guest on today's show has years and years of automotive experience, and you'll hear all about that in this episode of Corvette Today. He's worked at the Discovery Channel, ESPN, and General Motors. He's the new Director of Collections and Education at the National Corvette Museum. He's Mr. Brian Baker. Brian, welcome to Corvette Today. Hello, Steve. Thanks very much for having me. It's great to have you on the show, my friend. Brian, let's start out as I always do. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Did you come from a car family? I was born in Indianapolis, about five miles from the racetrack. I grew up in a neighborhood of former winners and actually the owners of the Speedway, the Holman George family that sold the Speedway to Roger Penske a couple of years ago. So I was steeped in automotive. On my paper route were two former Indy winners, and it wasn't uncommon in my neighborhood to see an old roadster in someone's garage. So northwest side of Indianapolis. But my automotive roots come heavily from my grandfather, who was uh, really Riverboat captain, traveled up and down the Mississippi, but he loved his cars. He had Packards, Pierce Arrows, and a car that I still own, a 71 Buick Boattail Riviera. Been in the family since day one and still runs like a dream. Wow, that's amazing. So were you a young boy when you got into cars because of your granddad, or was it kind of in high school and stuff like that? 
It started early because my dad was a DJ like yourself. He did a lot of appearances at local county fairs, so he always had a convertible. To this day, I own four cars. Three of them are convertibles. So I was into the cars riding around with dad. I had two older brothers who were obviously an influence, but I had the artistic skills that I had inherited from my mother and my grandfather, and I liked drawing cars. I was the kid sitting at the edge of the playground with my sketch pad drawing cars instead of participating in all the sports. That was my thing. I was a drawing nerd, and drawing cars was my favorite hobby. That's really cool. Now, you got to tell me more about your dad, because being a DJ in Kansas City for 45 years, i got to hear this backstory, too. Well, Bouncing Bill Baker, as he was known, was an institution in Indianapolis. He was 30 plus years as the morning man on WIBC over there. Growing up around his life, you don't realize when you're a kid how special or how different things are. But dad got a call one day in the early 60s from a promoter asking him to MC a rock show. Dad brought us along. I went backstage, met the guys, and then sat in the front row of the only outdoor Beatles concert ever held in Indianapolis in 1964. Wow. And my mom said I spent most of the time curled up in a fetal position because of the girls <laughs> screaming over my head. Someday I hope to be one of the few people alive that remember seeing them in person. It was exciting. A moment of levity was my dad, whose high forehead, I'll say, he put on what was popular at the time, a Beatles wig. Sure. Just for fun to come out and introduce the group. And as he came out, Ringo had his drumsticks in hand and he flicked the wig off of my dad and dad just left it on the floor there. But that's my early exposure to the world of radio. And I decided to go into art while my brothers decided to go into broadcast. That's a great story, Brian. I have a Beatles story too here in Kansas City, my best friend had a grandfather who was the vice president of one of the local drugstores here in Kansas City who sponsored the Beatles coming to Old Municipal Stadium. I could have gone for free, but my mom wouldn't let me go because it was a school night, a Tuesday night. I don't think I've ever forgiven my parents for that. <laughs> I don't think you should. And, and if the ticket stubs, as I've seen them, it was probably only about $5 to go to the show. Am I right? That's right. Absolutely right. It was just amazing. Brian, tell me about Corvettes and your family. Well, not so many vets in the family, but I got to tell you, growing up in a neighborhood full of race car drivers, my first crush was Sally Beller, who had a 427 Tri-Power 69 vet. And one day, her younger brother, who had just gotten his license, and I decided to take her vet for a drive. Ooh. So my first exposure to the world of Corvettes was big blocks and Tri-Powers. We stayed out of trouble. Got the car back. I don't recall him getting in much trouble for it, but lots of friends and neighbors growing up in a town full of GM executives with Allison Division based there in Indianapolis. A lot of vets patrolling the neighborhood. That sounds like fun. Where'd you go to school, Brian? Talk about where you went to college and what did you study in school? Well, after I knew I wanted to get into the auto industry, I knew I wanted to spend time doing that. My parents made me attend Indiana University for a year before letting me come up to Detroit, where I started at the College for Creative Studies, a school that I've taught at for 30 plus years, myself teaching how to design cars and on the history of the automobile. That led me to saying, you know, if I'm going to work in Detroit most of my career, I'd like to see California. So I called my dad and I said, Dad, why don't we go to the other school? For what I did at General Motors, which is the styling area, that arena, there's two schools in this country. 
the Harvard and Yale for that business is College for Creative Studies in Detroit and the Art Center College in Pasadena, where myself, Tom Peters, about half the auto industry went to school there in Pasadena. And it was great. I got to tell you, as a young man living in Southern California, I bought a surfboard. I attempted to ride a few waves and got an education that led me to General Motors in 84. That's amazing. Living out in Southern California during that time had to be fantastic. It was. To discover a different community up and down the Strand, from Orange County up to Malibu and throwing Frisbee on the beach Sunday mornings, it was a little different than my neighborhood in Indianapolis or Detroit, for that matter. (laughs) I bet it was. All right, now here's the big question, Brian. Have you got Corvettes in the garage now? And if you do, tell us what it is. If you don't, what Corvette would you want in there that maybe might not be in there right now? Well, I owned a C4. I helped design the C7. I just, in the very early stages, none of my work went to the production car, but I did do some scale model work on C7. I'm shopping for a C3 convertible right now, a Roadster. I'm a big drop top guy. It's got to be a Roadster. I'm looking at a 75 right now because having moved recently from Michigan, where I got maybe 25 times a year, put the top down on my cars. Down here, I get to have an extended season and I'm looking for a driver. (laughs) I can drive a C3 to and from work every day. Besides, here at the National Corvette Museum, we have special parking spaces for Corvette owners only. It gets me a better spot near the building. That's a great thing. That's a double combination, I think. That's a wonderful idea. Well, buddy, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about your work career. We have Brian Baker, the new Director of Collections and Education at the National Corvette Museum, here on Corvette Today. We all know that wheels make the car. Wheelcraft will help you take your Corvette to new levels. Wheelcraft offers the world's best PVD chrome finish available on the market. Available in bright chrome and black chrome. Wheelcraft nails it in both appearance and durability. And it comes with a five-year warranty against brake dust burns, pitting, peeling, and colored elimination. Wheelcraft is also ISO certified. Whether you're having your wheels refinished or an exchange transaction, there is no core fee, no deposit, and you don't pay for the finished wheels until they are installed on your car. Wheelcraft in insists on complete satisfaction before you pay. Hear from one of our customers. I picked up a brochure at the National Corvette Museum and we took delivery of our new C8. I called Wheelcraft and in 15 minutes I ordered the new bright ice chrome wheels. Wheelcraft's follow-up and follow-through is superb. The wheels arrived on Sunday, installed on Monday, and cores were returned same day. The wheels are the highest quality I've ever seen and they look awesome. Great prices, great customer service from initial contact to installation. Thanks, Dennis from Nashville. In many cases, Wheelcraft offers finished wheels on exchange or will apply this new finish to your wheels. Either way, Wheelcraft treats your wheels as their own. Visit our website at wheelcraft.com or call us at 833-840-5334. Arrive in style with Wheelcraft. The Radiator Grill Store offers protection for your C8's front radiators and side intakes. They also carry front strut tower covers to prevent rusting and pooling water, all with do-it-yourself installation. Get 10% off your total purchase with promo code CT10. See the full line of products at radiatorgrillstore.com. When you want to buy a Corvette, or any Chevrolet for that matter, get yours from Hendrick Chevrolet Shawnee Mission located in Kansas City. Hendrick Chevrolet is the largest Corvette dealership and showroom in the Midwest. With a knowledgeable sales staff and Corvette sales specialists on hand, they'll help you build the Corvette of your dreams, and they ship nationwide. With Corvette certified master mechanics on site and a huge parts department, with over 24,000 parts and $2 million in inventory, Hendrick Chevrolet is well equipped to take care of your every need. 
From sales to service to collision repair, Hendrick Chevrolet has you covered. Visit ChevyUSA.com or call 913-384-1550. VetFinders.com is the Internet's original Corvette classified ads website. With classified ads starting at just $25. And every ad runs until your Corvette is sold. If you're in the market for a Corvette, VetFinders.com has over 500 Corvettes for sale from all around the USA and Canada and covering all eight generations. Visit VetFinders.com, the Internet's destination for buying and selling Corvettes. That's V-E-T-T-E, Finders.com. Check out the first Corvette-only auction website at 427stingray.com slash Corvette today. You can sign up to bid and comment on more than 40 Corvettes every week. That's 427stingray.com slash Corvette today. Join the community. And now, back to the only current podcast on Corvettes, Corvette Today, with your host, Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for listening and watching Corvette Today, the show that talks about everything Corvette. Brought to you by Wheelcraft. Want to dress up your Corvette with bright chrome or black chrome wheels? Visit wheelcraft.com and learn about their advanced PVD chrome finishing. They can refinish your wheels or offer a wheel exchange for most models, and it comes with a five-year warranty. Visit wheelcraft.com today or call them at 833-840-5334. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. With me is the new Director of Collections and Education at the National Corvette Museum, Mr. Brian Baker. In this second segment, we're going to talk about Brian's work career. Brian, you are working at GM as a Senior Creative Design Manager. Tell us how you got into GM and talk about your time there as the design manager? Well, following my education in California, GM brought me back to Detroit, which was an interesting time because in 84, GM was starting a West Coast design studio. Actually, it was a little further west than North Hollywood where it ended up. And I had the choice. Do I want to stay in California or do I want to go to Detroit? And I chose Detroit because that was the home office. That was where the game was really played. The reason I chose GM over other offers was I had the chance to move my desk across the hall and I could move from Cadillac to Chevrolet to, at the time, Saturn, simply by moving across the hall. That was a more interesting scenario for me to be able to design lots of brands. But Chevrolet Studio was my first main studio assignment. I had designed the interior for a concept vehicle in advanced design for Buick called the Wildcat 4, which was a mid-engine bubble top show car of the mid-80s. They saw something they liked and moved me to Chevrolet Studio, where I started working on Cavaliers, and I did Z34s, and uh, of course, the convertible. I had to get in on that. Of course. And they all knew that I was a kid from Indy, and pace car projects would come up occasionally. I'd always raise my hand for that. And I got out of Chevrolet Studio, moved over to Cadillac for about a decade, doing some work there. But then I got put in charge of a space called the Corporate Brand Center. CBC was a chance to handle all of General Motors brands. And being the generation that I was, we decided we were going to have the revolution, the digital revolution. Instead of just doing clay models, we were going to do everything electronically. I was given a giant studio, about 30 co-workers, and we went after everything from the top of the line of the corporation, Corvettes and Cadillacs and European Opals and such. And we designed what we thought the world would look like by the year 2023. It was a lot of fun. It was this an exercise in trying to come up with icons for each brand. And one of the icons that we came up with 
In 99, Volkswagen introduced the new Beetle. They reintroduced that car. And I was walking at actually the Tokyo Motor Show with the vice president of design at the time, Wayne Cherry, another kid from Indianapolis, by the way. And I said to Wayne, there's a whole generation of us that want to do all this stuff digitally instead of just using the clay models. And he said, well, what do you need? And I gave him some names and he said, come see me when you get back to Detroit. And in 99, we launched this all digital studio. We had a 60 foot screen in front of us and we're all using our computers to create computer generated animations and images of these cars of the future without the clay model. Well, you can only go so far with that. You needed to make foam or some full-size representation of our designs for it to be real, because it's one thing to look at a projection, but you really need to see a car in person to understand it. One of the ideas I'd come up with was, well, let's use our mid-50s Chevrolet pickup trucks. The 48 to 53 styling was really breakthrough for Chevrolet. I said, let's use that as the inspiration, and let's come up with some ideas for internal cars. Again, never intended to be shown to the public. We came up with four different directions. One we called Funkstalgia, which was kind of modern, but a little bit of nostalgia thrown in. One was the farmer's truck, which had a stake side wooden bed, the whole thing. One we called the Motorama truck, which was a two-tone teal over white with coves like a Corvette on the side of it and a side mount spare at the back. But we decided, what if it was a convertible? And we put a soft top on it. Hmm. You can visualize this thing. It was wild looking. And then we did one called the Slammer. The Slammer was every 50s custom technique that I could think of. It was chopped, channeled, lowered, sectioned, anything you could do to make it look like it was ready for the show circuit in 1955. They loved it. They loved the Slammer, but they loved the convertible Motorama truck just as much. And I had worked in Germany for a couple of years. I was over at our Opel division, and there was a guy who was kind of the John DeLorean of the European auto industry. Flamboyant, wanted to make his own sports car, and he created a one-piece retractable hardtop for his own personal sports car. Well, I took that as the inspiration and went back and took the Slammer version of that truck, put a top patent that I share with GM on to this day, for a two-piece retractable top that folded in behind the seats. We showed the idea to our board of directors, one of whom was so excited about it, he did sort of a Michael Jackson moonwalk in front of it. Wow. He said, you got to build this one. So we did a show car in 99. In a matter of three months, we worked untold hours, three shifts a day at the design center and the fabrication shops. The guys worked tirelessly to turn this thing into a running prototype. And it was on a Chevy S10 pickup chassis, totally threw the body away, complete retro body. And that was the birth of of the SSR. Of all the projects I worked on in 25 years at GM Styling, hands down, that was the most exciting because it went from an idea in a meeting where I sketched out the beginnings of it, showed it to the vice president. He said, go do it. About nine months later, it was approved for production. I'm proud to say I still have one. Drive it around a lot. That's awesome. That's fantastic. What a great story, Brian. You're the SSR guy. I am. It was a team effort. A lot of people had a lot to do with, including Ed Welburn, who became the vice president of design shortly after that. But I will say I was the guy who embraced the idea first and I'm honored 
I tell my students this, the best dream, every rock star talks about the first time they're driving in their car and they hear their hit song being played on the radio. Right. That same feeling is what car designers get when you see a car coming towards you that you designed. That rush of, oh my gosh, here it is. It's right in front of me. And that's a feeling I get goosebumps just telling the story because that is the same feeling, I think. Pure adrenaline, my friend. Pure adrenaline. Yeah. That's awesome. Brian, you were also the vice president of design and marketing at the American History College for Creative Studies. Talk about your time at the college. Well, a little mix there. I was vice president of design for a company called American Specialty Car or American Sunroof Corporation before that. They were the supplier who put T-tops in everybody's cars in the 70s. But after that, when I came back from Europe in 98, and I've got a great quick story to share with you about working in Germany as an American car designer, I flew into Berlin because the Berlin Wall was still standing. Yeah. This was in 87, 88. I flew into the city to see it, and I went to a car museum. I bought this beautiful coffee table book at some expense, and I was walking around Berlin with this thing under my arm, and I got to Checkpoint Charlie, that classic place with the tanks pointing towards one another and all those famous exchanges of prisoners. And they had a sign, See East Berlin. It was the official East German tour. I could hop on a bus and see the Soviet side of Berlin. So I did. I got on the bus. I sat down. And the most attractive woman in the entire East German army steps on board. She's wearing an outfit that Michael Jackson would have envied with spaghetti and shoulder boards and this high Soviet style hat. Did I mention she had an AK-47 over her shoulder? <laughs> she was not only a powerful woman, but she was beautiful. And she's not quite chicken stepping down the main aisle of the bus, gets to me, looks at my little package next to me. And she says, was ist das? And I said, das ist ein Buch. I gave her the book and she opens the book and immediately turns to the front of the bus and says, Fritz, Heinz, kommt. Fritz and Heinz come hustling on the buses in, in their uniforms, not nearly as attractive as her, but they had AK-47s as well. <laughs> and they're looking at my book and I'm feeling around my pockets for my passport because I just brought a book of Western propaganda on board. It was the cars of West Germany. So they look through my book every page at a time. Everyone on the bus is upset with the American who's held up the tour. About 10 pages into the book, Fritz turns to Heinz and he says, Oh, das ist ein fantastisch Auto, Mercedes-Benz. They were just <laughs> car guys. They were East German car guys, and she was just letting her buddies enjoy my car book. So they handed me back my book, saluted me, and I got to go see a world that's long gone now. But I, and I'm so glad I did. The Soviet statues, the changing of the guard, all that was still going on in 87. But anyway, that was one of my fun adventures as a car designer for General Motors in Europe. That's cool. That's a great story. Well, to get back to your question, which was about the schooling, when I returned from Germany in 88, I started teaching. Fun money, something extra to do in the evenings. I was a single guy and I started teaching how to design cars to the next generation. Well, I finally, about three months ago, in the middle of 2022 here, I retired from teaching after 33 years. But in the process, trained generations of designers whose shoulders they were standing on. I taught them who Bill Mitchell and Harley Earl and all the great designers of the past were and how this business of styling came to be. To this day, I'm called upon as an expert witness by the automakers to testify about the history of design and what impact that has on today's and tomorrow's cars. Wow, that's really cool. You also started your own company too, Brian, Auto Archaeology. Talk about that as well. 
Well, because of this passion for automotive history, everyone started calling me from GM executives who wanted to track down their original first car after college. Rick Wagner had a Corvette right after he graduated in the 60s. I believe it was the 63. I didn't help Rick, but questions like that caused me to form this group that could do a little of anything. Like I said, I'm an expert witness for the auto industry. I do history seminars for groups all over the world, for that matter. I've gone as far as India and Korea to speak about auto design and what it's about. Cultural side of it is what fascinates people. You know, the Corvette is an icon for American performance, and it means something special to us. I remember driving in the Swiss Alps on the switchback roads, and about a half a mile ahead of me, I saw a white mid-70s C3 Corvette dicing up at a faster pace that I could. And I said, you know, that's America. That's America on wheels. That Corvette represents us. It is the thing that can travel the world now with right-hand drive as well as left-hand drive comfortably. And it speaks to what we're capable of in this country. Now, you also spent some time at the Discovery Channel and ESPN. That's got to be an interesting story as well. I was leading a group of college students in a summer program at GM Design. They came from South America, Europe, everywhere in the world to try and break into the car styling business. And I was in charge of that program one day when I found myself at a meeting room with a whole bunch of uh, vice presidents and me. (laughs) So you know who was going to do the work. Right. It was a group of executives from Discovery Channel, and they were sitting with Bob Lutz, myself, Wayne Cherry and Ed Welburn. And they said, we want to do a show about the future of the automobile. We'd like to bring the cameras into the studios, which is strictly forbidden. It's a top secret environment. Sure. It wasn't going so good. This was a testament to the Discovery Channel executive. I don't recall his name, but he was a former Marine. And he knew that Bob Lutz was a former Marine. And he leaned forward just enough that Bob could see his Marine lapel pin on his shoulder. And the conversation suddenly went very positive. Bob Lutz said, how are we going to get this done? And Bob knew me and he says, Brian, could you do this with your students? And so we allowed the cameras into a special studio along the lake at the General Motors Technical Center there in Warren. And we filmed all summer long these young people designing their own visions of the future of General Motors. That show became a series called Future Car. It was a great experience. And part of the deal was... The producer pulled me aside and he said, hey, we really want to do this right. I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll teach you how we design cars if you'll teach me how you do television. (laughs) And he said, deal, you're now an associate producer. I was flying into New York to CBS editing suites and watching how these hours and hours of filming were boiled down into one hour episodes. And it was a fascinating insight into your world, too. That's amazing. That's really, really cool. These are some great stories, Brian. I love to hear these. Now, before you came to the National Corvette Museum, you were the Vice President of Education and Principal Historian at the Automotive Hall of Fame. Talk about that experience. Well, following bouncing around from a few auto museums, I'd become the president of the Society of Automotive Historians for Southeastern Michigan. That title got me invited to, I had worked at the Henry Ford Museum as a docent. I had worked at the AACA Museum in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Then I I landed at the Automotive Hall of Fame in Dearborn, which is right next to the Henry Ford. For your listeners, if you're ever going to Detroit and you go to the Henry Ford Museum, which most people do, 
do. Right next door to it is another smaller museum called the Automotive Hall of Fame. At that place, I signed an agreement to work for them about 12 days before COVID hit. That allowed me a quiet period of time while we were closed to the public to establish a virtual speaker series where we brought guests in from as far away as Italy. One of the Pinafarina family just spoke to a group of high school kids virtually. We brought in a level of passion for automotive education. Because of my decades as an educator myself, I'm really passionate about passing that along to the next generation. And what we're doing here at the National Corvette Museum now with my leadership here is we're going to have an education gallery opening up in the spring of 2023. We'll be hosting people from all over the world virtually, and we'll be hosting groups from the local schools as well. This automotive passion or a passion for mobility is really important. I hope all of your listeners take their sons and granddaughters and such to car shows with them. We're trying to do that virtually as well as in person here in our gallery. But to circle back to your question about being in charge of education at auto museums is really, really important because it would be very easy as the 20th century fades into our memory. We need to keep alive how critical the automobile was to the development of society in the 20th century and how it's going to affect us going forward. The electric of the automobile. Those are the topics that we'll be covering here in our education gallery at the National Corvette Museum. That's a perfect segue, Brian. In section number three, we're going to talk about your new job at the National Corvette Museum. I've got Brian Baker, the new director of collections and education here with me on Corvette Today. Are you ready for a better insurance policy without the Corvette tax? With agreed value protection, the value of your collector vehicle will never change. Plus, you'll save money. Get a quick quote at ncminsurance.com. Hey, honey, are you awake? Mm, I am now. I can't sleep. Since turning 50, I keep dreaming of a red door and a blue door, somehow knowing there are only choices for retirement. Okay. Through the red door, we outlive our money. We have to rely on our kids. We're stuck on a fixed income. It's terrifying. Yeah, that would suck. But through the blue door, our money outlives us. We retire on our terms. Our kids stay our kids, not our caretakers. We make work optional. Yes, that's much better. That's what I want too. But what do we do? We call True Wealth and Company at 913-653-8783. They specialize in helping successful people make work optional. They're our fiduciary Blue Door personal wealth managers. Hey, where are you going? It's 3 a.m. I can't sleep. I'm going to check out True Wealth and Company online at retirewithtrue.com. That Blue Door is going to be our retirement. 913-653-8783. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com. Investment advice offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas. American Hydrocarbon is your one-stop shop for custom interior, exterior, and engine bay items for your C4 through C8 Corvette. We can help you create a custom look for your Corvette with carbon fiber or 10 different color patterns and styles. Whether it's a custom-made engine cover for your new C8 mid-engine Corvette or custom-made C4 interior upgrades, American Hydrocarbon can help you transform your Corvette into a best-in-class show car. And now we're proud to announce that we can produce and distribute officially licensed 
licensed GM products for the C8 Corvette. That includes the front splitter, side skirts, engine appearance panels, and engine fluid caps. Plus, we now also carry the C8 Speedline side skirts along with the engine appearance package and high wing. Our products have been featured in Vet and Corvette magazines. Give us a call, 813-476-5638. Visit our updated website at AmericanHydrocarbon.com or email us at pat at AmericanHydrocarbon.com. Let us help you make your Corvette the car you've always wanted it to be. American Hydrocarbon. The holiday season is here, and MidAmerica Motorworks is sure to have that perfect something for that hard-to-buy-for Corvette enthusiast on your shopping list. MidAmerica Motorworks can help with lots of T-shirts, Corvette car covers, stocking stuffers, and more. They have all of what you need for years and generations of Corvette. Whether it's the latest shirt, jacket, hat, or lifestyle accessory, you can get it at MidAmerica Motorworks. Visit MAMotorworks.com and shop Corvettes by generation or specific year. You can even shop by price for the perfect gift or stocking stuffer. Call Monday through Saturday toll-free at 866-350-4540 and talk to a Corvette expert. Mid-America Motorworks, pursue your passion here. You're listening and watching Corvette Today with Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks once again for listening and watching Corvette Today, the show that talks about everything Corvette. Brought to you by Wheelcraft. Want to dress up your Corvette with bright chrome or black chrome wheels? Visit wheelcraft.com. Learn about their advanced PVD chrome finishing. They can refinish your wheels or offer a wheel exchange for most models, and it comes with a five-year warranty. Visit wheelcraft.com or call them 833 833- 840-5334. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. With me today is the brand new Director of Collections and Education at the National Corvette Museum, Mr. Brian Baker. In this third and final segment, we're going to talk about Brian's new job at the NCM. First of all, Brian, before we get into all that, you got to tell me the backstory of how you were contacted by the National Corvette Museum and talked into getting this job there at the NCM. Well, Steve, about a year ago, I came to the NAM conference hosted here at the National Corvette Museum, and that's the National Association of Automobile Museums. I was amazed at the facility here, from the grill to the retail space to the conference center to the amazing collection of automobiles. A dear friend of mine, Derek Moore, was leading this activity while I was here. A few months passed by, and I decided I wanted to see if I could leave my snowblower in Michigan. So I was searching, and I found a posting for Derek's job. And I called him up, and he said, yeah, he says, I'm moving on to another museum, great museum down in Nashville called the Lane Museum, another one I hope your listeners get to visit. But he said, please put him for the position. A number of friends came out and supported me, friends at General Motors. I'd managed to convince people that this was the natural final job for Brian, right? I'm 62 years young. I'm not looking to become the chairman of the board of General Motors or anywhere else. I love automobiles, and this job will allow me to do that. I came down, was interviewed by the team, and one of the great things they do here at the National Corvette Museum is the people who are going to work with you are the ones who interview you, not just the CEO or the head of HR. And that speaks volumes to the quality of how they do business here. So obviously, for a guy who had worked on early stages of Corvettes in the design studios and my study of the history of the automobile, 70 almost years of Corvette is a big part of what I love sharing with everyone. And it's not just kids. It's not just the next generation. It's all the 38,000 enthusiasts who are members of our museum here. 
It's a dream job. It's like working at Disneyland. I got to say, everybody who comes here is either taking delivery of a brand new C8 Corvette or they're coming to celebrate their interest in this car because they keep seeing it along I-65 north of Nashville and they say, someday I'm going to go in there. And we get guests from all over the world. I hosted a family from Thailand a few weeks ago and from Paris. Wow. It has become a global destination. And for me to bring to this group the decades I have working elsewhere and learning from them about how we honor the Corvette here. I pinch myself sometimes driving in every day. It's like, they're going to pay me to do this? (laughs) Good story, buddy. Good story. Now, Tell me this, how does your new position there at the National Corvette Museum possibly differ from previous people like Derek Moore who are in that similar position? I'm blessed with having had 40 plus years in and around the automotive industry from the very beginnings of any car program in Detroit through completion of show cars and production cars and such. Adding to that, the fact that I segued into the museum and education arenas, I bring a little different mix. Derek and my other predecessors are fabulous museum professionals. I'm bringing the perspective of an industry professional. And with museum experience, over a decade at that before I came here, I think I look at it a little differently. When I see a C4 Corvette in our display, I remember seeing Tom Peters and the guys sketching the car, John Caffaro and all the others. To me, these cars are more than just what hit the showroom floor. The vehicles that I know the men and women who conceived of them. It makes for a story that I want to make certain is shared. We've done that. We have a brand new exhibit we just opened here called Driven by Design. Bob Bubnis curated this along with Tom Peters, the recently retired head of Corvette Studio. It shows people visiting the museum how we go from a gesture sketch in the very beginnings of conversation about what the next Corvette should look like to a scale model, to a digital model, to an animation for the aerodynamics, all the way to the full-size car. And it walks you through that process and interviews some of the sculptors, engineers, interior designers I'm shouting out to my interior design friends because so often those of us who were focused on the exterior of Corvettes got most of the credit. Man, if you look at a C8 interior, you can tell it's a work of art and you can go back through the years of the unsung heroes. And that's part of what we're trying to do is make certain that people understand the lineage of designing eight generations of Corvette, how the past influences the future. That's a big part of where we're going. Yeah, that's really cool. And that, again, segues right into one of my other questions for you. What is your vision for the future of the National Corvette Museum? The National Corvette Museum is geographically located right in the middle of the United States. And that makes it really easy for folks, if they're flying into Nashville or driving across the country, to stop here. We do see an amazing cross-section of guests from all over the world. The National Corvette Museum has this amazing history. They are, if nothing else, incredibly durable. From surviving sinkholes in 2014 through the tornadoes of 2021, we have the opportunity to expand this museum. As the history grows, we're literally making plans for the 100th anniversary of Corvette. That's my background of doing long-term 15-year plans and more at General Motors that I'm trying to bring here. Working with Sharon Bronner's vision for building us into a national destination. You don't have to love Corvettes to come here, but it helps. Absolutely. No doubt. <laughs> but part of my vision for the museum and what I'm bringing in the conversations that I'm a part of is how do we appeal to the others around us who may not be quite as Corvette crazed as those of us on the 
phone here, but appreciate what the Corvette does for American culture. It is an American icon for performance, and you can measure that in more ways than just with the automobile itself. That's for sure. Now, you touched on what is there now at the museum right now, Brian. Talk about that a little bit more, plus what you see coming in the future for exhibits at the National Corvette Museum. One of the things I'm hoping to leverage is my friendships up in Michigan. I was just there over the weekend. I get back and forth occasionally. My friends at General Motors, like Mike Simcoe, vice president of design there, every six months, we're going to be swapping out vehicles from the GM Heritage Collection down here. So you don't have to go all the way to Detroit. Right now, I've got the Mako Shark, iconic Corvette that everyone seems to love on a turntable back in the gallery. If you haven't been here in a while, we now have additional turntables to showcase these cars 360 degrees for you. We have the Corvette SS from 1957 on display. We'll have the Stingray Racer from 59 here in about another six months. Every time you come by, I want you to see something new. That's my commitment to the museum and to our guests is to always be refreshing it with something special. We have 35 years of Callaway Corvettes on display right now. I've got a room stuffed full of perfect Callaways from all years for the last 35 years. We're planning more exhibits that expand the world of Corvette beyond just what the factory puts out. That's my tease to come see us. That sounds wonderful. Brian, if someone wants to reach you, how can they get in touch with you and with the National Corvette Museum? If your listeners have suggestions or something that they would like to see, they can reach out to me at brian.baker at corvettemuseum.org. Perfect. Brian, welcome to our family. It's wonderful to have you on the show. I look forward to working with you and seeing you soon at the National Corvette Museum in Bowling Green. Thank you, Steve. It's been an honor. I can't wait to meet you in person, and I look forward to sharing dozens more stories with you in the future. Thanks for listening to Corvette Today, and please be sure to tell your family, friends, and other Corvette enthusiasts about the Corvette Today podcast. And thanks to our sponsors, Wheelcraft. Want to dress up your Corvette with bright chrome or black chrome wheels? Visit wheelcraft.com to learn about their advanced PVD chrome finishing. They can refinish your wheels or offer a wheel exchange for most models, and it comes with a five-year warranty. Visit wheelcraft.com today or call 833-840-5334. American Hydrocarbon at AmericanHydrocarbon.com. Com, True Wealth and Company at RetireWithTrue.com. Also, Aerolari Wheels. Get $100 off your purchase with the new promo code CT111 at Aerolari.com. MidAmerica Motorworks at MAMotorworks.com. And Hendrick Chevrolet in Kansas City at ChevyUSA.com. You've been listening to Corvette Today with Steve Garrett. If you'd like to contact Steve with any thoughts on the podcast or ideas for guests on Corvette Today, you can email him at stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. That's stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. Garrett has two R's and two T's. Or connect with Steve on social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using at stevegarrettdj. Thanks again for listening to Corvette Today.